Welcome back to Making the Brand. We have a special guest, Jill Cotton from inspectionreportsonline.net. Jill is the president at iRoll, and uh, we're excited to have her here today. She rode in <coughs> on her horse all the way from the country. <laughs> That's so true. So. With my buggy, too. <laughs> um, Jill, do you want to do just a quick intro? Uh, sure, yeah. My name is Jill Cotton. I am now the president of Inspection Reports Online, or iRoll we go by. Uh, we are a software company, and we specialize in fire and life safety. Uh, you want a little bit of background about me or how we started? Or? Yeah, I d- that is actually the first question that okay. I wanted. It's just like the eye roll journey of how oh, you got the, to here. Oh, my goodness, the journey. There's a lot of ups and downs as an entrepreneur yeah. and entrepreneur family. Ooh, that's been a long journey. We'll, yeah. we'll start there. It's been quite a journey. So I guess we'll go back many years. Um, so kind of where we started, uh, my grandfather was actually a fire captain in the city of Aurora, which is the second largest city in Illinois. And like many firefighters on the side, he had a little side hustle, if you will, and it was fire extinguishers. And really from there, uh, my father got kind of sucked into it, right? kind of forced by his own father to, to work as a poor college kid. And um, it was my father and a handful of um, people started their own business, and it was uh, basically servicing fire extinguishers. And so 35 years later, they were one of um, the largest service companies here in Illinois. We serviced three different states, and I kind of grew up in and around that. So actually, one of my very first jobs was wearing steel-toe boots and working in what's called the powder room. And I learned how to fix fire extinguishers. Of course, I complained the whole damn time. Like, who does this? But actually, looking back to this day, it's still one of my favorite jobs, right? You're surrounded by people. And if you want to know why, sometimes I have a potty mouth and a little bit obnoxious. (laughs) That's what I grew up around. And so a lot of eye roll was actually developed out of our frustrations as former contractors. Uh, We were really frustrated at the time, right? You're talking now over 15 years ago. You know, the technology didn't exist, what I say, to connect people to information, right? And now we can do that a lot better. So it was really about, you know, wanting to get information to the people that we served. And at the time, we served over 100 different jurisdictions in three different states. So it was, again, all paper. And so it was a way to how do we take that to the next level so when cloud-based or web-based technology became available. Um, By choice, my father and his partners decided to sell the business, and we could have stayed and took a big leap of faith. I don't know whose idea it was. Actually, it was my brother's. Let's let's blame my brother, (laughs) who's the vice president. Um, He actually kind of came and said, hey, I, I think I have something here. Do you guys mind listening to it? And so that's really how it started, literally from the ground up. So this was Kyle's idea? I didn't know that. It actually was. Wow. Yeah, so it was, I mean, the, the concept was kind of already out there, just not in the fire service per se. And, you know, so it was kind of him throwing it on the table, just saying, hey, I think there's something we can do here. Because what a lot of people don't realize about what we do is it's driven by code. So it's enforced by the code, which is a good thing. You you, right. you need to have that. So 
and we kind of thought we had something there, and so that's where we started, just by having a conversation. Yeah, and so one thing that I think was a challenge for you, and, and we've been working together for almost 12 years, um, <laughs> so date me. not a lot of people know this, but, <laughs> but Jill and Iroh, they were our first client ever at Fortress and have been with us yep. since day one. Since so day one. That's why this is always special to me. Um, but you guys created that market. Like I know you, it went from third-party reporting to ITM. Yeah. You guys essentially created something that didn't exist. So how was we that? Did. And how was marketing that and verbalizing it and creating that? So it's really funny. Now you're taking me way back, actually. Our, our very first meeting, I re- actually remember you. Remember the our little office yeah. upstairs at Aurora Tri-State? So you asked a question. You're like, well, what do you guys do? And even then, I couldn't really define it because it was so new. And you're right. We actually did create the market. We were one of the first companies to release what's now called kind of third-party ITM reporting, if you will, whatever we've been dubbed. Um, But I didn't really know how to explain it to you because there's so much to what we do. Um, So that was, I think, and has been one of the biggest challenges for the first few years is how do you effectively tell people what you do, right? That elevator pitch everybody wants to look for. But the hard part is it's not that simple, Mm. right? It's not really that simple about what we do. We've gotten a lot better at it, thanks to you. I will say (laughs) you've you've put me through some exercises how to hone in on, okay, well, you can't say that. That's too long, you know, or if we're going to make a video, what do we do? Um, But that process has been, it, it has been difficult. And the funny thing about the fire service is, it changes almost daily, right? We have to adapt our codes and how we enforce the code based on situations, but we are sometimes the slowest industry to adapt mm-hmm. to that change. So sometimes our messaging over the years has to change based on what's actually happening in the industry, if that makes right. sense. So it's never yeah. just the same thing, yeah. is that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think is exciting for me is to see how you guys have adapted and grown mm-hmm. and repositioned and and now it seems like you guys are really hitting your stride, or not now, but over the past couple about, of years. Yeah, it really, really has like been. hit your stride. Yeah. Um, as far as so what what your messaging and getting out there is really working, and also I think the fact that they send you to all these shows, yeah. also <laughs> is a good marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah, that's part, you know again I I think that's like a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. How do you get your message out there? Well, you still have to be visible. Like it's pretty amazing to be a software company, and I know. We all get to work remotely, although I would love to have an office like this. But the reality is we wouldn't use it, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you get your name out there when you are a software? You still have to be visible. And something that I think sets us apart now, and again, a message that has been worked through with you guys, is software is still about people. And especially what we do, it's very unique because the data that we provide impacts entire communities. So I talk a lot about software being great, but people are greater. Because at the end of the day, what we do still has to make a difference in the communities that we serve. Otherwise, what's the point, right? What, what's the point of mm-hmm. what we're trying to do? Yeah. So in that again, that message has taken a few years to get to that. Um, but it's also from being asked very hard questions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, yeah. so one thing that I've been really impressed with you specifically is like, female in this male-dominated space. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I'm sure you have, obviously have some stories, but it's, yeah. it's amazing to see how you just go into these places and just command the room, and you have guys 
waiting and listening, <laughs> wanting your autograph. I don't know about waiting and listening, but they, uh, do they? Oh, yeah, you're so yeah. sweet. So can, I can, demand can it. Speak, I'm just kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> can you speak to any of that of yeah. how, how that's been for you over the years? It's really, it's not been easy, I will say that. So, you know, when I first started this, gosh, I, I, I was maybe, gosh, how old was I? Um, 2010, right? So about 15 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just coming into my, you know, I wasn't even 30, coming into your 30s. And it's very intimidating. I think what honestly has helped me is number one, I grew up in around the industry. So, you know, being kind of surrounded by a lot of males and and kind of the workforce and things like that. Number one, I've always admired that hardworking people. It doesn't matter if you're man or woman. But I think that also helped me kind of build this barrier of I can handle a lot. You know, it takes a lot to yeah. to kind of cross a line with me. But through that process, I've also learned very quickly how to speak up for myself. You know, so I've had no problem saying the word no or back off. Um, now that's in some personal situations, right? Mm. But you do get that being a woman in a male-dominated industry. As far as work goes, it's taken a craft, right? You have to learn how to approach, for example, a fire chief. How you speak to a fire chief is not the way I would have a conversation with a fire inspector, mm. right? And so, you know, it's it's that's been a a lesson that you have to take time to learn. It's been hard at times, but I think part of it, honestly, too, is just my my natural personality of sometimes just not giving a fuck and, and you need to be heard. Right. And if I hurt your feelings, I don't mean to, but I have every right to be heard. Yeah. And, and I know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, and do I still sometimes get that I'm a little better than you? Of course. But you know what? Those people, I realize, not worth your time they're, they're because lost. you will find other people who want to <laughs> listen and, you know, that's kind of what you just got to do. But, you know, does it suck? Of course it does. Um, but, again, it's just kind of a live and learn thing. There's definitely lessons along the way mm-hmm. that um, have made you get a little bit harder <laughs> at times. And But still being, you know, being a, a woman, you know, I, I think the other thing is naturally I genuinely care about people. And I think at the end of the day when you have conversations with people, that's all they want to know is that you care. And if you break that barrier, that really is what makes a difference. And right. and I actually generally naturally care about people and what I do and the people I surround myself by. Yeah. So No, that's awesome. I think, you know, a combination of all that, of being able to speak up for yourself, saying no, being firm, but I think also tailoring your messaging to who you're talking to. Your, yeah. Your audience really, matters. Yeah. That's something yeah. I'm trying to teach my children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's a hard lesson to learn when you're yeah. young. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't, I know I said the F word, but I do, I do swear <laughs> a lot. No shame sometimes, but you know, it's just, again, it's it's that, that audience, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So on uh, speaking, saying no and pushing back, one of my friends and colleagues says that, I don't think he came up with this, but no is a complete sentence. So Absolutely. Being able to say no to things and being firm about it yep. is, is good. That's not a skill that everybody has. Well, and you think about it too. I you know, I read a lot and have a lot of conversations with people, but you have to be able to say no in so many different situations and oftentimes it's for the best of what's best for you. Yeah. Right. And that's okay, putting yourself first sometimes. And that's I will say being, you know, an entrepreneur, I'm sure you can definitely attest to this. We don't sleep at night. 
there's times where that stress level is so high because you're not worried so much about yourself. You're worried mm-hmm. about, am I doing the right thing for all these other people that are investing their time and their effort into what we're building and learning to tell yourself no to step away sometimes mm-hmm. is something we have to do, but it's very difficult to do, you know? So, yeah. yeah. So it kind of piggybacks into what I wanted to talk about next is just like why I've loved working with you guys and, I mean, it's not like a fun industry like software. <laughs> I mean, I would say from the outside. I mean, you make it fun, but well, thank you. I think um, you know that's been one of the things over the years that I've just loved working with you. Is just like you bring this energy and excitement about everything you're doing, and I'm sure in front of any room you're in or any trade show or whatever, it's like just you just make it fun and energetic. I love. I do love speaking. Heidi can attest to that. <laughs> so. Um, so in in our work together, just. Can you speak to kind of what you've looked for in an agency? And because I know you were working with another agency that kind of did everything. And you called me one day and I think you were just like, Can you guys take this off? These yeah, I'm like, are... you don't like these people. To be, to be honest, I don't remember who that was. Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm glad you do because I don't remember. Um, tell me after this, okay? Yeah. Just so we can laugh about it. <laughs> Again, I go back to our very first meeting. It wasn't a hard sell. You didn't come into me and you weren't just about the business. You generally, I don't even think we even talked about business for the first like half hour, if not longer than that. It was more just about getting to know each other and, you know, wanting to truly generally care about what we do. Because if you don't understand what we do, how are you able to help? And I will say that's something I've noticed about, I've been watching you guys obviously since day one and watching you grow. And something that remains consistent is how you work with people. And you see that in your videos and on your LinkedIn and on your social media. It's these ability to sit down and have a conversation. And you're not always going to be a fit for somebody. That's okay, right? But those people generally want you to understand why they're doing what they're doing, what they do, how they do things. That's what makes a difference. And I will say again, to this day, um, everybody that we have worked with here has done that. It's not just about always, all right, we have to have to do this, this, this. It's like, okay, well, first just tell me about it. Let's just have this conversation, you know, and sometimes work happens and sometimes it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay, <laughs> you know, and that's a good thing. So yeah. I think that's important. I think a lot of people are missing that nowadays. They are just sometimes they go in for that, have to get that sale, have to get that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to build a relationship with somebody like that. If we're going to work together, we're going to work together, you know, and that has to be a working relationship. Right. No, I love that because it's been, feel like a dream scenario for us too of of getting to work I should be interviewing you. (laughs) Who interviews you? Who does this? Yeah? Did I miss that one? Next time I want to do it. Please let me. Next time you do this, I'm doing it. Next episode. Next episode. Uh, All right, so... A couple just last main question is is what's next for Iro? <laughs> Obviously, you're yeah. coming off a big uh, partnership. What? Uh, where? Where? Where's Iro going? Where are you taking Iro? You know, this is a really great question. It's one I ask myself, especially a lot lately with the partnership. That was a big mm-hmm. deal for us. You know, it's a lot of people don't have the. I don't want to say pleasure. Sometimes it's not always pleasure growing up and working with a family business, right? I have to work with my father and my brother, but I will say it's not only been a pleasure, it, it's definitely a blessing. And, I, and I'm and i very lucky to have grown a, 
up around that family dynamic of um, the importance of people and things like that. And, and with my father retiring and some of our key leadership, it was very emotional. Um, and, and now you really, I could always rely on knowing, you know, my dad's been in business for years, yeah. so, but now it's, it's on me. Right. What, where, do, where do we see this going? Me and my brother and our CEO. But number one, the first thing is taking care of your people. So you have to do that first. So that was my first step. And now it is we're going through the biggest rewrite we've ever done. So it's all new technology. And will we break into other markets? We already are starting. So that is, but I will say for now, we're going to stay in fire and life safety. That's what we do. It's what we know. And here's the great thing about what we do. You have to have it. Mm -hmm. Fire and life safety does not go away no matter what's going on in the world around us, whether it's recession, whether it's environmental, whatever. Um, you still have to have what we do. So I think there's a saving grace to that at some point. Um, You know, but the hard thing, too, is always keeping up with technology. I don't think I have to preach to this choir, right? Technology is is tough. The the one kind of nice thing about what we do is the data pretty much stays consistent. Mm -hmm. It's more so how do we get that data, easier ways to get that data, and that's now what we're really trying to do with this, you know, rewrite and this new enhancement. So that's pretty much where we're at now. Yeah, no, I love that. I think we're wired similarly in our cultures of just take care of your team, mm-hmm. take care of your people, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have your back and take care of you Yeah. Um, when you need it. So final question, I always like to ask something <laughs> philosophical. Oh, gosh. Um, 100, year, 100 years from now, what do you want people to remember about oh, Jill like Cotton? Good. 100 years? How about just like... 50 years from now, <laughs> how old would I be then? Never mind, I'm not going to tell you my age. <laughs> I'll still be around, don't worry. Honestly, I'm very much like my mother in this respect. You can't leave here with anything. We all leave, and, you, and it's not about what you have. It's what did you do? And I will say something that I'm very passionate about and still do is I get involved. I give back. Um, and sometimes it's in the smallest of ways. I'll donate to something that I don't know the person, but I feel for their situation. It's volunteering your time to help out with a race or something with your kids. It's really about, again, I go back to people. You have to give back. You have to be involved. Um, I really, again, I'm a big believer of there's more good than bad. So I would hope people would say she really always stepped up and helped out. That's not I could care less sometimes about the business aspect, right? I'm when I leave, it's not that that defines me. It's how did I make people feel or what did I do for my family and friends? I think that's the most important. It's awesome. Awesome. Great stuff. Um, the the quote that comes to mind is people won't remember what you said, they'll remember how you made right. them feel. Right, how you made them feel. Yeah. yeah. But awesome. Jill Cotton from IROL, thanks for coming thanks. in. Thanks for making, having me. Making the brand. And this is a really good old fashioned. <laughs>